Do you know who was named the best putting mat in 2022 by my golf spy? It was the mats from Birdie Ball. It'll help you sink more putts and make more birdies with a Birdie Ball putting green, all in the comfort of your own home. Check out Birdie Ball online at birdieball.com. Birdie Ball is here to make golf more fun and accessible. Find out more at birdieball.com. Welcome to Grilling at the Green After Hours, the conversation that took place after the show ended. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, everybody. Welcome to After Hours here on um, what show am I doing today? Oh, yeah. Grilling at the Green. Uh, I will tell you, and I'll tell, I'll tell you this, Gary, because we haven't talked in a while. We shot seven of the first dozen or so episodes we did all the cooking segments on those and we just wrapped our first profile piece this morning for that and that show will be coming out uh, after the first of the year through golf news network and it'll be on uh hulu roku uh looks like youtube sling bunch of those so it's all good in the middle of that sentence, I thought you were going to say, uh, we shot seven out of 10 pheasants in the field behind our house today, and we had a delightful dinner. Well, we could. We could, except I think somebody probably beat me to them anymore. So, um, first of all, how's your golf? You were telling me before we went on the air about uh, you'd, you'd won a big, big championship there. Yeah, nobody really cares about my golf, but... I do. Uh, I'm I'm a member of an actual club with real players and like 600 members, and I think I finished six in that one, playing from the the tips, which was good for an old guy. And then in uh, at these two public courses I play at, which are low rent and the players aren't as good. One is Foxburg Country Club, which is the oldest continuously operated public course in America. It's about 70 miles north of Pittsburgh. It was founded in 1887 when wow. Grover Cleveland was president. Then there were only 38 states. I finished second in that one. Uh, I almost pulled it out. I was five shots behind, and the guy I'm playing against made a nine on the 16th hole by being dumb. And uh, I almost nipped him, but I shouldn't have. He should have won. And then uh, in another place, Harmony Ridge, which is a nine-hole course, and the greens typically run about three. And of course, I'm playing in the morning when they got dew on them. So they're running like a two. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many putts you can make, Jeff, when the greens are super slow. Yeah. I really think people should try that. As long as they're smooth, that's all you want. But slow greens are a delight to putt once you once you adjust. Yeah. So I, I won that one, but it's not like I really beat anybody. It's kind of like... Uh, you know, if you went back and were on a little league team and you were got the MVP, it's like, well, I should have won. If I had won, <laughs> I'd really been ticked off. But uh, so that's it. But I'm I'm a you know I'm basically a an old guy, senior golf guy. When I play in competition, I'm usually playing in the senior super senior division for the over sixty five guys because that's more my speed. Although I'm stubborn, I'm still looking for that fountain of youth. There's no reason I should be losing distance, I don't think, but I am. So, well, I'm trying every trick there is. That a boy, that a boy. I I played two days ago, beautiful day, um, on the closest thing we have to a links course around here, and uh, 
I hadn't played in quite a while, several months actually, and uh, did not make it to triple digits. So I was thankful for that. Um, and it really enjoyed the day out there. And at this stage with everything we've got going on, I think that was a win for me. That's good. You know what? I just, you know, I had my, I made my first double Eagle this year. Oh yeah. Which was a little bit of a fluke. And this weird thing about it was, uh, I was, um, at a different course, Swickley Heights, which is really nice course with super fast greens. And the pro who'd been there 33 years said, I don't ever remember anybody may ever making a two on this hole in his 33 years. So far as he knows, that was the first one. Well, a month later, I'm playing with my son on the same course. And on that same hole, he knocks it in from the fairway for a two. Wow. How did, how's your son doing? He's doing great. He's, uh, he's involved in teaching. He's a phenomenal instructor. He teaches at a, indoor simulator place he gives some lessons outdoors too but um mainly indoors at a simulator and he and i won the western pennsylvania a best ball event uh scratch you know i mean i had to play from the tips like he did and you know luckily he he shot five or six under with no bogeys and i was able to luck in a couple birdies to help him out so we won that one which was which was uh you know whatever i you know, I rode him. Who am I kidding? He could have won with anybody, but yeah, it's fun to play with your son. It's fun to win. And honestly, it's, it's fun to compete. You can see how these guys on the senior tour don't want to give it up because there's no thrill like competition. And I'm just experiencing it as an amateur is really not any good. Imagine if I was good and I could beat people and win money. It's like applause. It's got to be addicting. It's just, it's fun to try and have it matter. And that's what I enjoy about golf. Because like you said, you're always one shot away from doing something great. Yeah. Or or horrible. Or horrible. I tend to lean towards the latter. But anyway, it, it well, happens. Most, most people do. You know, it's yeah. it's a hard game. And uh, yeah, I, what else is there to say about that? It's just a hard game. I practice a lot. I work out a lot and I still, I'm still getting worse. So I don't know. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about Michael block. That was an unusual and uh, kind of out of left field, if you will, uh, situation he had. And it's, and it seemed to me as soon as he got the notoriety, he was gone again. He played for a couple of weeks and didn't do well. And then he was gone again. Yeah, well, he you know he he really didn't have anywhere to play. He's not he's not PGA Tour ready. You know, yeah. if he played a whole, if you gave him thirty start starts, he'd make a few cuts and make a couple of bucks. But he's not going to, you know, the thing about the guy is he can still chip and putt, so yeah. he doesn't have the length. But honestly, of the four majors, he was probably the most exciting part of any of the four. He, first of all, was this club pro Cinderella guy. And he's kind of this, you can tell he's one of those guys who likes to bed a little. He's fun to hang out with. He's telling stories. And then, you know, then he's got this chance at the end to, he's near, he's in contention, which is incredible on Sunday. He's got this chance to get up, finish high enough and get an invite next year. And in the middle of that, and he's playing with Rory McIlroy. It's just absurd. And then he, he hits, makes a hole in one on the fly. Yeah, and he didn't see it go in. 
I mean, you can't write it. If you wrote that script in a movie, they'd say, no, nah, forget that. That's stupid. That would never happen. And yet it did. So I think a lot of us enjoyed that as much as anything. You know, uh, Rom had a nice comeback in the Masters, but it was aided by Brooks Kepka kind of coming apart. And, you know, Mickelson came out of nowhere for a backdoor second place, which was incredible. That's the only thing he did all year. Yeah. We had Wyndham Clark at the U.S. Open, which is after the PGA. And uh, that was an interesting finish. Rory kind of fumbled that one away at the goal line. And, uh, you know, Brian Harmon, who I've always enjoyed, uh, he just did a beatdown at the Open Championship. And I loved it. The, the Brits were all over him because he likes to hunt. I guess hunting's not real popular over there. And Brian the Butcher, they called him, because <laughs> he likes to hunt deer. And uh, he just drummed everybody. And I, I thought he was going to be a – I would have sent him out every match at the Ryder Cup. He's exactly the kind of ruthless cutthroat match play guy you would want playing at the Ryder Cup. And, you know, he did well. He did, he did pretty well. But uh, I don't think any of those moments top Michael Block – I mean, the craziest thing I saw all year was how about two days in a row, Corey Connors and Victor Hovland both hitting nine iron shots out of that fairway bunker at, what was it, 16, uh, 14 at the at uh, the PGA Championship course, and they both plow them right into the bunker face and there's and they can't hardly find them. Yeah. How, how do two, two guys with a lofted club two days in a row do the same thing again? If that was in a movie, you'd you'd throw that out and say, no, that would never happen. This well, give those guys a nine iron, they're gonna get that out of the bunker every time. And yet neither yeah. one of them did, and that that led to Kepka, you know, kind of getting his getting his groove back. Yeah, yeah. I you know, people think what they want about Kepka, but I enjoy watching him play, especially when he's on. Um He's, he's got, he's a killer. Yeah. You know? He's always got that. Uh, he's like the closer in baseball. He's always got that door slammer moment. You know, go back and look at this majors. Every one of them is like, uh, oh, then he boom, I'm going to, I'm going to hit it close from 240 yards with a five iron or four iron. And in this one, um, you know, when, when Hovland flant, slams it into the bunker face, Kepka, like three seconds later, has already got the ball in the air and he stiffs it to two feet for the birdie that gets over. Yeah. He's just, you know, he, he's a little bit of a bully. I don't know what he's really like as a person, but my experience with it has all been, you know, and I, I admire his swagger. I admire the way he talks about not taking any prisoners and he's out to beat these guys. I think he's totally got the right attitude for golf, but he can't turn it off. And when he talks to, the median and fans, he comes off like a, you know, kind of like a, a bully and a jackass. Yeah. But I, I'm with you. He's, he's the toughest guy out there. I love watching him play golf in big situations. And, you know, there's a guy who you kind of expected to play better in the Ryder cup, but you know, a lot of the Americans, by the time they got there after that big break, uh, at least the PGA tour guys, not Kepka, a lot of them were off form by the time they got there, but, yeah, I thought Kepka was disappointing. I thought he, I expected him to play better on the big stage, and because he normally does, but he didn't this time. But you know, nobody's got it every single week. But yeah, no. I, I like he, he's uh, he's an assassin on the golf course. He, yeah, he's fun to big watch events. that. He's fun to watch yeah. that way. Oh yeah. You know, back to the Ryder Cup. The first 
day or so, trying to think of when they started to kind of turn a little bit. It was almost like the Americans had this really cavalier, nonchalant attitude going in there. And and you're right, they had a big break, so they weren't tuned up and all that. But, you know, if you looked at some of the stuff on the on the European side, some of those guys had been there playing two or three times, practice rounds and what have you. And our guys came in. I know they went over there once and came back and that. It just didn't seem to me like until they started getting embarrassed. And when they started getting embarrassed by the Europeans running up the points, that's when they kind of decided to fight back. Um, Yeah, I I think there were two big things that that happened was one, you can't take five weeks off from competition. Right. You can't. Nobody's going to be ready. You know, they had the problem in France where they just got done playing the tour championship in Atlanta and they were gassed, especially Tiger, who couldn't do two weeks. And they went over there and got smoked. This time, none of them had played. And so they lost whatever form they had. And they just didn't couldn't get it back. And then the other thing was Luke Donald was a phenomenal captain who inspired his guys. And Zach Johnson was Zach Johnson. You know, uh, when I used to write stories for SI, I would have the anonymous pro do previews uh, from the majors. And this is going way back, but you know, before Zach Johnson won a master's, he would refer to Zach Johnson as Zach Nicholas. Cause he walks around like Jack Nicholas, but he hasn't done anything. Okay. He did win a master's, but anyways, I point is Luke Donald made it personal for his players. He put up these pictures. He had videos running in the locker room of these guy of the players when they were kids. And he showed their, their parents and their families and their wives and their kids. And every one of these guys on the European team, you interviewed them and they were saying, yeah, I was in the locker room. I was crying. I, you know, watching these images and Zach Johnson said, Nope, we're not going to have any inspirational stuff. We don't need it. We're not going to have any, bring anybody. We're not going to bring in Lou Holtz or some other idiot inspirational guy. We don't need that. Blah, blah, blah. Well, the Europeans realized, and because they're united by their dislike of the U S but so that helps, but they realize they're playing for each other and their family name and everything so much more and their country so much more than the u.s is like yeah yeah we're playing but if we don't win you know we'll get them it's just different and i think those two things led to the europeans can't wait to go out and and get off to a fast start and you know and you got scotty scheffler can't putt so that didn't help but i i think the the break and the the preparation job that zach johnson did compared to luke donald excuse me was there was no comparison Luke totally that was probably worth three points that the video the film that I'm playing for my family that's different than playing golf for the fun of it or for some prestige that's yeah. that's that's different you're you're all brothers and you're backing each other up you know it's like being a band of brothers in the marines the the Europeans are like a band of brothers in the marines and we're like a you know the Beatles at the end of their career where we're ready to break up because Yoko's in the way well, and I think also then that came that we talked about in the regular show. That casting a Paul because of money. Every one of those, yeah. right? Those guys that played on our team on the Ryder Cup. Um, 
they don't they they could quit tomorrow and they would be fine the rest of their lives if they manage things right. Which you know? which one of those guys on the American Ryder Cup team needs another three hundred thousand dollars? Yeah, you know, after taxes, what is it? One hundred sixty thousand. They have all already got more money they can spend. The other thing McGinley pointed out was form Trump's history and experience. The Europeans learned that in 21 because they picked Westwood and Poulter and these guys who were off form, but they were hoping, well, they'll get the matchy back. No, they didn't get it back. It's better to have a young guy with no experience who's who's hot than an older guy who's not hot and has experience. And the Americans, you picked Ricky Fowler. Well, none of the guys were hot because they weren't playing. Right. But Justin Thomas should not have been a pick. They really only picked him because of Spieth, because they believe in, oh, we have these pairings. And they thought those two guys were a magical pairing. Well, Spieth wasn't playing any good either at the end of the season. So probably shouldn't have picked Spieth either. Ricky Fowler, hard to make a case for him. Now, I'm not saying they had anybody better. I don't know if Lucas Glover and Keegan Bradley records were that much better, but you can't pick somebody who's not playing well. You've got to pick somebody who's hot. and. I'm sorry, Jordan. Uh, you you probably weren't the guy, and and neither was Justin. But do you uh, think, I think you say after that? But I mean, I said all that beforehand. I would not have taken Justin Thomas at all. I certainly would not have taken. I don't know that I'd taken Ricky Fowler. I'm, I, I would have had a hard time taking Jordan Spieth, to be honest. I I, I, I guarantee you, Lucas Glover would have played his brains out, and so would Keegan Bradley. I don't know if they would have won anything. But they would have looked. Here's the thing. You may remember this, Jeff. Here's the thing about Justin Thomas that griped me. You know, they're out in singles. This hat controversy is going on. So he doesn't wear his hat the last day. So he makes a birdie in his match where he's getting smoked. And he puts his hand up, you know, and makes pretend to tip his imaginary invisible hat. Hey, buddy, look at the scoreboard. You're getting smoked 12 to 6. You don't need to trash talk. You don't, you know, it's yeah. like trash talking in a football game and you're getting beat 41 to seven. You're not allowed to trash talk. How immature are you? I just thought he looked to me that just said immaturity and foolish. Yes. Foolishness and um, that's what he it was all about him. Oh, I'm going to do this. Ha ha. Oh, great. Great for you. Way to be part of the team. I, I Americans aren't a team the way the Europeans are. Maybe no. their team, they probably are, but the Europeans, thanks to Luke Donald and thanks to whoever's captain every year, two years, they do it better. And they, they, you're playing for your family, not just your team. And I, that was a difference maker, in my opinion. Well, like you said, it, it, it's family, and the Europeans tend to, it's a group, it's a band of brothers, it's this, and they, they have a natural, uh, you know, propensity to want to whoop the United States. I understand that, but they're, they're kind of like family. Those guys, they're not getting the, uh, signing bonuses over there of $50 million. And, uh, they're, they're comfortable if they win, they're comfortable. Yeah, I get that, but they're not to the point where it's all about money. And I think that money casts, we talked about it in the regular show, that money, the big money has started to cast a bit of a pall over professional golf. You know, 
the guy that sees, you know, pick somebody, Cantley win a $3 million check on Sunday, the fan says, that's great. But the next day, they've got to write a check for $250 for their electric bill. Um, and that puts a dent in their budget. You know, there's such a disconnect there in the dollar value. And I have no problem with people making a lot of money. I think that's great. But I think uh, I think Frank Novello said it earlier last, or last week when he said these guys are really overpaid for what they do. Yeah, if I was the PGA of America, I would double down and say, look, you're not getting paid. You're going to get a couple hundred thousand to one of your charities. And if you don't want to play, if that's not good enough for you, that's fine. You can stay home. Yeah, we don't want. In fact, if you think you if you if you're going to sit there and say you should be paid. We don't want you to play. We'll find somebody who wants to play. You know, we'll get the 10, the 12 best guys who want to be here and we don't need you. And I don't care if we lose, I'd rather lose with them than win with you. That that'd be my attitude, but you know, I'm a crusty curmudgeon, so yeah. they won't do that. Okay. Last question, buddy. How or what do you think is going to be the big story next year? Well, I think it's going to be however live shakes out yeah. and uh, it might be something dramatic, like it goes away or it becomes a fall tour or something, or maybe the story will be the agreement breaks down and they don't go away. And we're back to, you know, this constant cat fight between the two organizations. So I, I think almost either way, that's probably going to be the big story. We're going to have resolution of some kind and or we're not going to have resolution. And either way, it's going to be a story. So I, I don't see how that's avoid. I mean, you know, is somebody going to win the Grand Slam. I don't know. Yeah, it's, I guess that could happen. But really, who if who 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 can win the Grand Slam? That really would I know be, be it would be a huge deal. But who would win the Grand Slam that you would be, you know, super excited about doing Rory, maybe. But. I don't know, but there's no Tiger, there's no Phil, there's nobody right. who really is worthy of a Grand Slam that would really make you feel like, but no, I think Liv's got to be the story because something's, there's going to be, it's going to have an ending one way or the other to this uh, disagreement. Do you think Greg Norman survives all this? Uh, I don't think he's going to survive with his pride intact. He probably, I mean, he, he's been paid a lot of money to be the commissioner. So he came out of this smelling like a rose too, probably. But I don't see him. Again, if Jay Monahan is the CEO of this new entity overseeing everything, I'm pretty sure Greg Norman's not going to have a role in, in that cabinet. Yeah. yeah. I don't, no chance. Yep. So in that regard, no, he's not going to survive intact, but they might give him a consultant role or something. I don't know. Yeah. You never know. Gary, thank you. As always, it's so much fun to talk to you all the time or when we do get a chance to talk and have you on the show. It's, it's a hoot. Try to stay, stay dry back there on sea Island for the next couple of days. Well, I think the weather's going to improve. Uh, it has been. Oh, I lost you again. Okay, but... So maybe the, yeah, I'll get my kidding. Yeah. All right, man. Have a great Thanksgiving too. You too. Let's bring Michael Block back next year for more excitement.
We will do that. And we'll keep our eye on Charlie Woods, too. He's got a few years, but we'll keep our eye on him. All right. That could be a Ryder Cup pairing. Let's mark that down. Let's do that. All right, Gary Van Sickle. Thank you, buddy. You take care. That's going to wrap it up for After Hours for us here. Uh, Hope you all have a great weekend and a great holiday. And uh, we'll be back with more next week. Take care.